failure is something that scared me for a long time. And I started working with a sports psychologist a couple of years ago to just try and lift my mental game. And the big thing that we did together was um, he'd get me to fail at stuff on purpose in front of people, but not tell anyone, right? And so you're failing on purpose is kind of like this exposure therapy, but, or even just putting yourself in a position where you could fail. That's super interesting to not yeah. tell anyone as well. Not tell anyone, just wear it as a few, like, just wear it. And like I used to pay with, for stuff with a debit, oh, sorry, like a FBOS card that had no money in it, right? And get it to decline on me and just wear that for a second. Ah, oh, that's so, awesome. And just not, and not, and just sit in that discomfort of what do they think of me right now? You know what I mean? And just allow that to be there. And, and so, um, that's, and I still do that. I still do that on a regular basis. And it's, and it's just, it's been a great experience because I have somehow managed to like through that cry away from myself, this desire to like be seen a certain way through their eyes, you know. That was Edu Trent. This is Duggett, the podcast. From the moment I could talk, I was ordered to listen. Now there's a way and I know Welcome to episode 22 with Edu Drent. Uh, for those who don't know Edu, he's a, he was a bit of a heartthrob on a Shortland Street. Then he's done some series, uh, this World War One series on When We Go to War. It was in New Zealand not that long ago. And uh, an NXS series, a few other TV shows and ads and various things along the way. And his story... Um, really interesting I've been attracted to Edu not sexually and a couple of other guys who have all turned out to be uh, kind of Christian faith people which was interesting even though that you wouldn't know it um, they've kind of had a, a resolve that there's something bigger than them in their lives and um, so that's pretty cool and Edu is now a father figure too actually I should mention the other two guys were Jay Goody who's on the podcast and Alexander Wastney who's a, a top designer who I hope to, a good friend who I hope to get on soon but they're both legendary, all legendary guys and and Edu, uh, it was cool to chat down and actually get his story, I didn't really know how he got into acting and um, and he did it through kind of following, he kind of wanted to be on Friends TV and then his mum's like, you're, you're dreaming there and then he kind of checked out Mark Wahlberg and saw that he got into it through modelling and um, Edu kind of had the, he's got the good looks gene and uh, he kind of used that to his advantage and, and snuck in the acting gate through modeling which I thought was pretty ingenious and um and then he's uh Mandy and had his first capacity and he's got a second one on the way and um it's really interesting talking to him about the, the family life balance and how how difficult it is um but how rewarding too so it's really cool he's a big family man community man he's an athlete he's always kind of striving for more um one of the first guys into CrossFit in New Zealand with Waikie uh, or Vikey who's uh runs the Anfit gym and um yeah he's an inspirational dude but what i loved most about the chat probably was the talk about failure and like some of his methods with acting and for getting out of your head and to not seek approval all the time which is something that's tough to do particularly in his line of work um so just wear failure and to own it and as an authority figure as a father figure now to be able to be comfortable with all the flaws and, uh, and, and rest in peace and not seek that outside approval so much, I thought was beautiful. So 
Here's the man himself, our very own Marky Wahlberg, Mr. Edu Trent, and also Edu's into the Wim Hof too, which I, I love and, and, and exploring all new things. And also with the, the sleep deprivation and the family man, uh, much love out to the mums and dads and all the families out there supporting each other and, and putting that love in for their community. It's, I'm, I struggle to fit it all in. I don't know what to do with my time and I don't have any kids. Well, hopefully not that I know of. Uh, <laughs> And um, so much love to all the all the people out there who are supporting someone else. And uh, here we go. Enjoy, my man Edu. Bringing the truth to a little. Uh, I thought throw the cat Stevens' father and son and kind of seemed apt, seemed right. So what do you have for uh, breakfast today then? What do I have for breakfast today? Three eggs. Three eggs. A um, little bit of kuma. Yeah, that was it. Nice. Some of Bazzy, my son's leftover eggs as well, at about <laughs> like seven-ish. Yeah. Nice. And, and um... Normally we do a green smoothie, but we ran out of kale. He oh, okay. loves green smoothies, and I figure yeah. it's kind of a good way to get some green goodness into them. So, um, yeah, but I think that was pretty much it. Cool. And you're saying the 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 health has been a an issue. Yeah, I've had this like, you know, someone was saying to me the other day that kids are like a petri dish, and they're just bringing all these uh these diseases into your house <laughs> and um, so I'm blaming him but nah what um, yeah I had like a funny thing where I um, had like a stomach bug and then the next week I was in hospital with like a swollen gallbladder and then um, you know I was kind of sick again and then like uh, tore my meniscus on my knee so it was just a bunch of like you know random random things that have just meant that I haven't been firing it hundred percent so um yeah but you know on the men always looking to yeah oh, the man, fight back bit of a a rough run yeah yeah but we're all good because you look good. like you look a pillar of health like you look like a, oh, a thanks, strong Dougie. fit dude or someone who like you know takes time to to look after yourself yeah um, I think I'd, like it's definitely been a priority in my life but um this particular season has been um rather Challenging, I'd say. And this probably is a result of lack of sleep, you know. Got a, yeah, I was going to say, what's your... What, is, like, stress and lack of sleep, is that the main... I think those would be massive contributors, yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, at the moment, it's probably... Um, yeah, the lack of sleep's probably a big one. Um, I, I tend to get up pretty early, and my but my son hasn't been sleeping that well. Yeah. So uh, it means that I'm not having great night's sleeps, and as well as getting up early, you know... Or kind of getting taken from, uh, yeah, from all, all sides. So um, what what's uh, what's the normal routine look like so at the moment for me? Yeah, yeah. So up at five thirty. Um, then there's normally like a half an hour window. So 
for me where I just like meditate and journal and stuff. So I get up, um, flick on the jug, make a cup of tea um, with like turmeric and ginger and you know some coconut oil and some oh, butter. Nice. Um, then I go meditate for like ten to twenty minutes. What's your meditation? Uh, so I did um, TM. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. when I was in LA, and um, and that's been really useful. Um, but you know, even just the practice of of sitting down and trying to isolate yourself from you know consuming or or thinking about stuff for twenty minutes, ten minutes is is a, is a is a really useful practice, I'd say. But anyway, so meditate and then um, generally like do some journaling. Just write like couple of things down um, and then um, I pray in the mornings and then yeah then by that time Bazzy's normally like waking up so I go get him let mum sleep in for a bit and um, you know we, we generally make scrambled eggs together by the time he wakes up um, give him a couple of little snacks a mandarin <clears throat> or a banana excuse me and then um, sit him down on the couch and have a little feed together and then by seven o'clock ish mum's normally up so um i go for a shower with them pass them to mum and then get ready and hit the day and yeah. uh and because what, what's your what's it because your, your day work must be quite up and down like yeah so i try and find consistency in the way that i plan my day and so three mornings of the week i've got um seven seven thirty meetings right and then, um, and then during the day there, are, you know, I try and have rhythms weekly that are the same. So generally, my my Tuesday or my Wednesday would look the same, for for example. And uh, and so that you you are, you know, when I'm not working, I'm, I've got quite a rhythmic lifestyle. Yeah, because I, I really respond well to that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. I just noticed the decision fatigue for me the other day. I. I I was going to go to a film festival movie and I yeah. missed it and I had five other things I could have been doing. I didn't know what to do. I was Dude, kind of... I'm the worst at that. <laughs> like, I, I, like this morning, I, I had something fall through and I was sitting in my... I parked at a place. I was like, okay, I'm going to do some work at this cafe. And I parked there and I sat in my car for like 20 minutes thinking about things. I, I kid you not. And, uh, and especially when you're tired, man. Yeah. And I was thinking about like, oh, should I go to a different cafe? Should I even be here? Should I go home? Should I, you know, like all yeah. these things, and, and it was just like, it was a nightmare. Anyway, this, had the coffee, it was good. The sleep deprivation, I was in, I've been in that space a lot lately. Like yeah. A bit sleep deprived, just decision fatigue, and yeah, what is it, Jacko Willett, Jocko Willing, yeah. he was, he said, you know, uh, there's ultimate freedom in kind of form, yeah. or having don't the know. structures, and it's like you get too much freedom, and you just don't know where to, yeah, I think where like to start sometimes. The, a quote, that shape um, definitely shaped my life. Is there's no there's the paradox of freedom without discipline. There is no freedom without you know without discipline. You can't like um, freedom without discipline is actually anarchy. And so the idea being this paradox of you need discipline in your life to know where you can be free almost. You know, and you notice that with people with money, like people who are financially free, have been super disciplined in their life. Um, they haven't, you know what I mean, and all that kind of stuff. So That's for so me, good. those those two come hand in hand. If you want great freedom, you need to know great discipline. Have you read Richard's Men of Babylon? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. I mean, the onboys have been reading that again, and it's that's the truth, just like you're saying. Yeah. I'm sleep deprived at the moment. I got no. 
no kid, no excuse. I'm like, what am I doing? I, yeah. I get uh, I get too excited at nights. I think I hit this point. I don't go to sleep. Then I eat something. Then I watch something. Then suddenly it's uh, I'm reading a book and it's midnight again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like for me, I think the big thing is like, you know, um, figuring out what that wind down routine looks like. Yeah. So that once again, you're. Um, once you get on that path, you know you know where it's leading, right? So you kind of, you know, and I think for me it's kind of Mandy and I. Well, now we've got this other this, this kid that we know will wake up really early. So we and for me, if I want to get my space, I need to go to bed early, you know. So, but um, well, yeah, got, that good wind down routine I think is so so key as well. Have you have you got like an evening routine you guys do then? Yeah. So I um we normally we normally like cook dinner, have dinner. As he goes down around like seven thirty. Um, then it'll be like at six or seven to seven thirty in that window will go down and then after that we I when we clean the kitchen, um, make a cup of tea, then we'll watch something together. Like just you know, that's that's our time. Well, cool. what are you after, what are you into at the moment? Oh uh, watching Fargo season two. Yeah, good. So good man, so good, yeah. <laughs> Netflix um, and chill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then then normally after that it's like probably like eight thirty, nine ish and um, brush teeth, jump in bed and, and um, probably like read a book, you know, a couple of pages of a book and then, yeah, try and like be out by like quarter past nine, 9.30. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. some good stuff right there. Oh man, if you don't like, honestly, I just struggle to survive if I don't do that. I, yeah. Um, yeah, so. Oh man, you inspire me to get to bed earlier. And uh, I kind of just jumped straight into this, but what's the... Um, like if someone met you up the street, didn't watch TV, and uh, you know, who are you? <laughs> if you had to, yeah. If you just kind of sum oh, up man. yourself or what you're into or what, yeah, totally. What you're about. I guess like for me, it comes down to three three things. Like, yeah, um, first and foremost, family. Like I'm a big family man. I want to be fully participant. A participatory in my oh, if that's even a word um, in my f- full participation is what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. in my family and their daily life um, so that you know and, and my wider community as well but um, that's the first thing secondly I I guess I, I'm I've got a real hunger for just getting the most out of life and out of every day and so you know um, for me that's um, about adventure it's about trying things it's about um, taking risks, you know, exploring, being bold and courageous. And then thirdly, I think it, um, for me, it's about performing at a high level. So I've always loved the idea of living like an athlete and just trying to like ramp things up and, and take things to, 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 to the next level and seeing how far you can go, you know. So for me, that's where like discipline comes in and like, mm. you know, training and exercise and um, eating well and health and fitness, you know, that's that falls, falls in that for me, like just being really mindful of of the decisions we make and how that's going to affect our performance on a daily basis and you know um, for me exercise has always been a really massive part of that firstly because you feel great right your body's working well and you've got lots of blood and oxygen traveling through your blood you know through your through your body sorry which is which is good but secondly like the mental discipline of engaging in something on a regular basis subjecting yourself to some sort of like intensity and pain is a really good exercise you know and that kind of um, that always helps kind of and in my opinion flows over to other areas of your life so you know so yeah i'd say it's it's those are probably the the three things and uh 
you know, work falls into that for me as, as um, you know, I, I, as an actor, I think it's easy to get quite lazy with, with, with continual development. But um, for me, it's about just continuing to, to try and improve and, and sharpen, sharpen, the, sharpen myself in the areas that I can so I can, you know, operate and perform at a high level, yeah. Cool, and so, I don't know if I've ever said your name, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pronounced Edu. Edu, yeah, that's it, Edu, Edu Dream. Dream. Yeah, and you're um, from South Africa originally, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, Alan, when did you come to New Zealand? When I was seven. Yeah? Yeah, moved here with my parents, my sisters when I was seven, yeah. In fact, I just turned eight, like, a couple of days after we arrived here, so, oh, okay. yeah. And yeah. so New Zealand's been kind of home for most, yeah. Yeah, 21 years, and 20 then years. You, and then what got you into kind of acting, or what, what, what did it's you funny, do before man. that? I always get asked that question, and, you know, there, there was, like, as a kid, I've always been really engaged and connected with people. I've always loved people and entertaining people, and, um, and I guess at high school, I, you know, would get in trouble lots because, you know, on my report card it always say, Edu is a Edu's great student, but he's a constant distraction <laughs> in the class. And, and, you know, so I always, my mum and my dad would always talk to me about, like, I need to listen, you need to concentrate and focus and not distract other people. And I was like, well, that's so boring, why would you do that? But anyway, for me, I think that's, when I look back, that's where it stemmed from, in my opinion, like this, just the enjoyment of connection with people and life and, and conversation and, you know, um, and I guess entertaining people. So um, when I was about 15, I was watching a, an episode of Friends and um, I said to my mum, I want to do that. And she was like, okay, um, <laughs> like, you know, reacted like any mum would when her son tells her that he wants to be an actor. And, uh, you know, she was like, okay, well, yeah, good luck with that. But first, go get a, like, go get a proper degree. So yeah. I, I went and studied business and, um, and while I was at university, I was watching a documentary on Mark Wahlberg and, um, and obviously he was Marky Mark first, but then there was part of this documentary where they explained how he went from modeling into, um, into acting. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I thought, actually, well, I, if I want to do this acting thing, I could probably, you know, sign up with a modeling agency and, and try and do the same thing because I wasn't going to go to drama school. I was still studying my property degree. Sorry, my business, <clears throat> my business degree. And, um, and so I went and door knocked on a bunch of modeling agencies doors. In fact, the one that I signed with is right here, like just across the, the parking lot here. Is it, is it Clive? No, it's Red 11. Red 11? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I um, ended up signing with them and um, started doing some modeling and then, you know, wasn't ever very good at it. And, but got into acting through that, landed a couple of TV commercials and uh, yeah, one thing led to another. I started um, taking some classes and really enjoyed it. Yeah, and um, just worked on it, and then landed a role on Shortland Street, and that's kind of where my career began. Oh, and how was that first uh, when you landed the first job or the first Shortland Street? Must have been must have been buzzing. Yeah, man. Like, you know, I feel the, there have been a couple of major times in my life where I've landed a job, and it's just been such a real, just such a breakthrough, you know, and. Um, yeah, just like a massive answer to prayer almost. And um, I, that was one of them. I was in a bit of a tough spot. I was working in the property industry. I just left my job because the company I was working for was going under. I tried to start my own thing, but it wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really getting any traction, going anywhere. So I, um, yeah, I was like, you know, in a bit of a, yeah, real sticky situation. 
<clears throat> and um, I just remember getting the call and just like being so overwhelmed there that I'd landed this role and, um, and it was this massive kind of um, breakthrough in my life, you know? So yeah, I was pumped, man. And what, what are the, so you did Shortland Street, you've done, you did the NXS series. Yeah, um, done three seasons, three seasons of Offspring, um, season four, five, and six of Offspring. Um, season six was only a small part, but you know, a couple of episodes, oh, sorry, one episode. Um, but um, yeah, so that was like, that was another big show in Melbourne. We're very like high rating show in Aussie. It's a great show actually. And then um, came back here to do a show on World War One called When We Go to War. And then, um, yeah, over the last couple of, yeah, the last 18 months did a couple of American shows, small parts in those, um, both filming down here actually. And then did, uh, a show most recently, I just finished a couple of weeks ago, called The Brokenwood Mysteries, which is a Kiwi show. Um, yeah, which is fantastic. It's some it's really cool Kiwi TV um, about you know a couple of cops in a small town that try and solve these mysteries of, of things that have happened in the town, like might be a murder one week or you know whatever, and um, and so they go about trying to solve these crimes. So that was that's fun. It was really cool. And, and so, and because you lived in LA for a little bit or yeah. to and fro, and then was it the family that brought you back to New Zealand mainly or was it work or a bit of balance or? But, yeah, but everything really. Yeah. My, wife, my wife's pregnant again, so we... Um, oh man, congratulations. Thanks man, yeah. So we, we came back for, for that um, as well as just a, a bit of a break from LA. This time of the year it's pretty quiet up there and so I thought I'd come work back down this part of the world. And... Um, Yes, it's been good, um, and it's always just nice to come home, you know. Um, yeah. But you was it? What you grew up in Hamilton, but Auckland's yeah, home it. now. Yeah, Auckland's yeah. home now. Yeah, grew up in Hamilton. Good. Went to school down there. Um, moved up to to Auckland for university. Yeah. So. And what's yeah. the like with acting? And I know you're talking about meditation, and breath work, and different mm. things. What's the like? How do you do? You think you have the the gift of, or you're naturally a people person, but then. Yeah. What kind of work? I used to have this uh, guy, Simon, who's he's like a guru at Colenso. Yeah. Like one of his copywriters, and apparently he does. He used to pitch these ads and just do all the voices and kind of play the whole thing out himself. Wow. And I was like, that's amazing. He just sold it and he would be in character, and apparently every morning on the way to work, he'd be doing, you know, these voiceovers mm. and these characters and these sound effects. And, um, mm. and what, what, what does your kind of. It's like a great question. Work and stuff, <clears throat> what acting work looks like? Yeah, I think, it? like, so firstly, um, your body's a tool. So I think for me, one thing is really understanding movement well. And so that part of that's training, yoga, um, and just learning how to move well. The other part of it is um, your voice. I think that's another tool. So working really hard on um, doing lots of voice work with some voice coaches, and, and that includes accents and dialects as well being um, limber and flexible enough to, to enter into, into different accents and dialects. And then I think there's nothing that replaces just the craft of like doing a scene with someone in a class, you know, and so I still do that as well. Just like turn up and, and give it a go and see what we get to, you know, like just actually doing, doing the work. And um, yeah, and then I think like as actors, I think it's really important to widen our view of humanity and try and understand as much about ourselves and um, you know, cultivate a sense of self-awareness so that when, when we enter into another character, we understand where we end and where they start. You know? and, um, 
and yes, yeah, so we can fully occupy them um, either through our imagination or through bits of ourselves, but just being fully aware of what's required, you know what I mean? Um, and so, yes, I think as an actor, one of the greatest practices that you can do is just a constant um, state of cultivating self-awareness through, you know, through mindfulness, through journaling, all that kind of stuff. I think that's really important. Or just, you know, going to talk to like, to figuring out your own stuff, you know, going to talk to a counselor or whatever, just trying to understand yourself better. But um, yeah, so those are, those are some of the things I do. Um, but on a regular basis, probably say most class and, and voice work, yeah, and body work, yeah. And, and the, are they particular classes? Are they? Is it because there's different methods, right? Yeah, French training, I think you know, there's no way, there's no one wrong, way to yeah. you know, to do this. But um, for me, the classes I go to are uh, these days more scene-based, kind of like scene study classes where we're trying to get really deep into scene and script analysis, um, and uh, and mostly theatre-based classes as well. So it's more more focused on like you know the, the technique of. It's not so much worried about camera technique, but more worried about just you know um, the acting part, the connection with the other the other actor, enjoying that part really well. And so um, yeah, so in LA, I got a couple of people that I do that with, and and here do a do a technique called the Meisner technique when I'm around, um, which is you know just one technique, and I'm not a religious kind of like you know Meisner only kind of person, but it's definitely got some valid points to it that's that you know that have helped me a lot. Um, but yeah, I think like with anything in life, it's important to find your own method, your own kind of rules, um, the rules that you play by, not, you know, so worried about uh, following other people's rules, you know. And so um, I think for me, that's been a big one, a big learning curve. As I started, I wanted to do it right. I wanted to do it like, you know, be good. And I think the older I get and the more mature I get, I think I re- I've been realizing that, you know, my art is unique to me and whether you're an actor or whatever you do, I think honestly imparting myself into the world in a vulnerable and courageous way, that will be good. Do you know good, quote unquote, like whatever that is, but that will be the best that I can do and not trying to like, um, I'm not saying not trying to master a technique, but mastering that technique as it sits and fits for you, you know, um, and continually molding what you can offer, but not trying to just live up to someone else's standards or rules, you know, yeah. Well, beautifully said, man, it's, they're kind of knowing thyself first, mm, eh? knowing, totally. which is, yeah, that's a, that's a never-ending art, I guess, mm. um, but yeah, that's something that's like, even like you're saying at school, the thing that you're good at is kind of like, maybe doesn't quite fit that room, and yeah. suddenly that's your greatest strength though, just yeah. in a different environment. Um, yeah, you can imagine Phelps getting kicked out for being ADHD, kind of, but he needs an outlet and totally. he find it. Um, yeah, I used to be involved in a property business and <clears throat> my business partner, he, um, I think he dropped, I think he dropped out of school, like, before he even, oh, down goes a mic. Um, yeah, I think he dropped out of school at, like, fifth form or, no, not even, like, before he finished fifth form and, um, and part of that was because he, he was told, well not told, but he, he was a, he's a really practical guy. He's very smart, but really practical and wasn't great with, um, you know, arithmetic. And, um, and I always look at him and go, man, he, he's like, he's such a great example of someone who the schooling system has failed because it tells him 
a lie about himself. You're not smart XYZ or, or you can't do XYZ, you know. But actually, he's a really, he's a really smart guy. He's very successful now. And um, he just needed the right kind of outlet. And for him, that was like, you know, he's very practical. He's a, he's a builder by trade and a very good builder. And, um, but, you know, proven that he's an excellent businessman as well. And, um, yeah, and so I often look at that. And like you say, with Phelps or, or, you know, so many cases in history where the system hasn't been accommodating to, to want, um, to seeing the genius in people, or to seeing the art in people. And, um, and it's and it's kind of failed them in that respect, you know. So yeah, yeah. It's kind of uh, I was watching that Tony Robbins movie last night, and they got to thank people for the issues they've caused you that made you who you are as well. You know, blame them for the good and the bad. Yeah. Because the people with the most pain are usually the people that do the greatest things, and I thought that was really interesting. The kind what of, movie was that? It's his it's his documentary called I'm Not Your Guru. Yeah, there's some amazing truths in there, what he does. Like, he dives mm. deep and <clears throat> questions a lot of things, and it's a lot of parallels to what some of the meditation and yoga texts, and yeah. I guess everything's got a truth. It's yeah. all kind of the same truth, but he's very good at changing behavior and yeah. questioning why, you know, what's the root cause of these issues we have that, that cause suffering. But yeah, um, did you have a favorite? You talked about that, Mark. Warburg, did you have any other kind of actors and films and stuff that really kind of get you fizzing? Yeah, I um, I love watching Sean Penn. There's a, there's an element of like textural grit to him that I really like. Currently, Michael Fassbender is one of those guys that I'm just like, man, the characters he plays are so awesome. And then someone like absolute, like an absolute master like Daniel Day-Lewis, where you um, just completely transcend with him into whatever world he's in, because he's so unbelievably committed um, in the way he, he does, does his work, is, is phenomenal. So, um, yeah, those would be some names that I think, people that I really look up to, current and, yeah, I guess slightly older as well, yeah. Cool. And, uh, and film-wise, were there any films in particular that you... Or series that you really resonate with, even. Yeah, it's a tough question, man. Because did you have a genre you kind of looked at, like saying? No, not really. Do you really. like comedies, or you just like the whole process of comedy? Yeah, like I getting... actually, I'm not you know massive into comedies. Like yeah. I'm, you know, um, I think for me, grounded drama, telling really honest stories that reflect on humanity is is awesome. But then I also love like you know the classic epics that are slightly larger than life like um you know like the superhero like iron man or or um or even like something great like gladiator which is i guess one of those original epics so you know i love that stuff as well so um but for me i think where i'm more suited to is that that grounded drama um trying to find the honesty and stuff you know that's kind of where i enjoy enjoy the craft the most um so yeah but i remember watching a couple of films that have you know really yeah really challenged me to, not you know some Shawshank Redemption, which is a classic, which most people have seen. But then there's a film um, that Michael Fassbender did called Hunger, which is about um, the hunger strikes in Ireland in the late in the late eighties, I think. And um, and you know that was like a phenomenal film where he so fully committed himself to like the weight loss. But he was just in there's this one scene where he's talking to this priest, and it's an eight minute scene. 
right? No cuts, just like a two shot. So like they just sit there, and as an actor, that scares the crap out of you. Like you gotta, you know. But remember your shit. <laughs> yeah, but he's so good, man. And so it's watching pieces of film like that that I'm like, man, I want to be able to perform at that level with confidence and and the um, gravitas and the, uh, the groundedness that he performs with, you know. Um, and then another film that I saw the other day, which I think it's called like Blue Valentine, maybe by Oh, the duck, yeah. Is it what's that one? Blue Valentine, the the one Ryan the depressed love story, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, the acting of that is so naturalistic mm. and so real. I enjoyed that. That I'm like, you know, I watch that and I'm like, holy moly, that's so good, man. That's so hard to do. Mm. Like, you can just watch it and go, oh yeah, you know, but it's so hard to do, and um. So something like that, you know, for different reason, diff- like definitely challenged me. So, yeah, this, you know, I think there's a whole bunch of things that I, 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 I try and watch stuff and I, uh, a lot and try and learn a lot and um, yeah. And so I think every everything you watch, you can always learn something from, you know. So, yeah, but um, because because I was thinking as well, like how you said. Like as soon as you've done something, you've got an appreciation of it at a different level. You're, you're bringing experiences to those words or to that scene mm. that not other people don't have. You mm. know, you kind of watch. I remember being able to watch golf forever because I was just following the routines and picking mm. up all these subtle details. And someone who never played, I'm like, why would you watch it? It's, mm. And now they don't play as much. I don't have the same mm. curiosity. But when you watch surfing and then you try surfing yourself, or you'd yeah you know you 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 appreciate things at a different level yeah um yeah so that insight's cool those unbroken scenes and yeah the artistry of film i think that idea of curiosity is really Mm. interesting in life um because we are we have the capacity to drive um our passions uh, through that you know and and um and i love that idea of, of getting curious about things and trying to learn about them and, and finding passions in that you know what I mean um, but yeah I think for me that the, the key to, to to that self-development that I was talking about is staying curious staying um, never feeling like you've arrived but staying curious as to you know uh, firstly about yourself how you can you know how you can learn more about yourself and what you do but just also just staying curious like a like a detective about something you're just trying to like figure out those nuances and, and you know you seeing what what there is to be discovered still you know just what's your what are your kind of hobbies outside of I mean you got your family now but yeah um, like fitness is a big role is there anything else you've kind of been really interested in yeah man so I, I um so I do some CrossFit which I love um I love getting out on the water so I love going out on the boat going fishing yeah um just being out on the water actually is like just so good for my soul um, and then I'm a pretty social per- person and I just love getting out and meeting people and um, hanging out with friends and you know um, going for adventures and you know yeah um, I live down in St Helias so I try and go for walks on the beach most mornings and just explore and experience nature um, oh, and you said you've been in that Wim Hot I mean yeah like cold, cold swims yeah so I've got a pool at our house <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and man it's getting so cold I'm still a rookie <laughs> with the Wim Hof stuff so I get in and out pretty quickly, man, and then jump in the hot shower. But um, yeah, it's been good. Like last week, it was like two degrees outside, and I was going oh. for these cold swims. And man, it was um, yeah, it was challenging. It was mentally so 
so hard to get in, but um, well, yeah, it's been good. And then um, I think so, yeah. So trying, you know, I love exploring that kind of stuff, which is just really interesting. Um, yeah, as, as far as that, like, you know, that, that next level performance thing goes. Um, and um, yeah, what else do I do? Yeah, so I, we're building a house at the moment. Um, so we're just about to start building that and I'm gonna actually jump on the tools for a bit and learn oh, wow. um, how to build a house. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I had a property business. I'm still slightly involved in, in some aspect of that. Um, and um, yeah, man. Um, you got a baby yeah, and a family now. I mean, totally, there's a lot yeah, of Yeah, you don't get much time for hobbies these days. Yeah. But yeah, so I, and I love to read. I, I read a lot of books. So yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll go back to the books. Was there any sports you're into when you. Yeah, I played rugby, cricket, yeah. tennis probably was my main sport yeah. um, that I did the best at. But um, yeah, I was pretty small growing up. So rugby. You know, I kind of got hurt a lot, and um, so f- like quit that around fifth form, or like when I was like seven, sixteen, seventeen, and then just focused on tennis. Um, and yeah, that's probably the sport I was most competent at. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but always been a pretty active guy. Like love. Yeah. Love getting out there and playing. One of your best mates, Vikey, was did he get into CrossFit or were you? Yeah, so he was a personal trainer at a, a gym called Body Tech, and we'd like we'd seen some stuff on the internet, so we like started doing it at this global gym with all these you know this fancy equipment and like dropping weights and people and man we used to get told off <laughs> hard and um and the the trainers would come over and tell us how we're going to injure ourselves and how bad it was and all this kind of stuff and then um you know and but that was so, so early on in the movement so that's kind of where i started crossfit but you know prior to that i've been going to the gym for a long time and um i just enjoy i just enjoy being active i'm pretty you know, 100 miles an hour kind of guy and um, and just enjoy, enjoy being physical and, and active, so yeah. Cool, and, and I was really interested because a couple of my friends, and Xander, who's actually quite a um, kind of faith-based guy now too, he's just mm. had a, a, a baby as well and I really wanted to talk about that, that transition and the, the change in your life, like mentally, mm. you know, what, it, what it's like because it's, something yeah. that must be hard to put into words like you created something yeah um, that, that's a surreal experience i um and so you've got how old um he's 15 ben, months yeah bastion. Bas, sorry, bastion? Yeah. yeah he's um he's 15 months and um yeah yeah man like when he was born um you you look at this baby and he's half you half you know <laughs> half manly and it's like what how did this happen like this is well, I know it happened, but you know, like, <laughs> um, it's completely crazy and it's still surreal. In the mornings, I pick him up and he holds me, and he holds me tight, and I'm like, "Man, when did I become this person to this little guy?" You know, and it's completely surreal. So, um, yeah, man, we, um, I, I feel like the biggest lesson for me is it's been a lesson in selflessness, learning how to live selflessly and um, and putting someone else first more like in a many senses losing your autonomy and not having full control over what your days look like because you've got a, a little guy that's you know running around and has needs and desires and is crying or needs his nappy changed or you know all that kind of stuff and and learning how to like how to live slightly out of control i think has been the biggest lesson for me like for example my morning routine used to be like 5.30 up, well this morning he woke up at quarter past five, you know, and um, and so I didn't do any, well I kind of adjusted and made a drink and sat with him and drank a hot drink, um, 
did some stretching while he was running around and playing. But, you know, like, I think you need to learn how to adapt. And for me, that's been really hard, like, learning how to be adaptable, you know. But, um, yeah, it's been a huge learning curve, huge learning curve. And also, it's taught me that we generally have greater capacity in ourselves than what we give ourselves credit for. Like, if you told me a year ago that, you know, I'd be waking up doing full days on like three, four hours sleep, you know, and, and being fine, I'd be like, you're crazy. But it often happens where he'll just have a terrible night and then I'll try and get back to sleep and won't be able to sleep and then wake up at, you know, 5.30 and, you know, and get into the day and just, and, and just survive. And that's part of it. And so you learn about this capacity that, that you just never would have thought you have. Um, yeah, man, it's been such an interesting experience. Oh, that reminds me of that. Have you heard about that Navy SEAL guy that goes lives with, um, it's like a billionaire guy in America, and he, he had this Navy SEAL who was overweight, and he was running this marathon, and he was running it eating crackers or something, and he broke all the bones in his foot. This ultra, ultra marathon. There's David Goggins, I think it is. He wrote this book. Mm. And he, got, he invited the Navy SEAL to come live with him, and he just... He'd be in the middle of a boardroom meeting and he'd just tell me to go run a marathon or do just the craziest stuff, like sleep outside and that whole capacity of going beyond mm. what you think's normal. But is there anything that, that the people don't kind of, they don't warn you about or that's been a real... Dude, it is tough, man. <laughs> like people... <laughs> like you're always worried because you don't want to... Um, like new parents especially, I'm like... <laughs> You don't, no, it's going to be awesome. It's amazing. And it is, it's amazing, but it is hard. Like those first three weeks of having a new kid and not sleeping, still trying to figure it all out. Um, those are some of the hardest weeks that I've ever had in my life because I'm so tired and just so, um, just completely out of control, you know, and trying to help Mandy because, you know, like for me, I, I've had it modeled to me that, um, as a father and a husband, you want to be really kind of present and, and fully um, participating in, in in parenting. And so, for me, my friends they all they all get up at night and help during the night. And so I did that as well. And and um, and man, it is so so tough because you are so tired, have no idea what you're doing, have this fear of being inadequate in, in the way that you parent. It's just a natural thing that every parent that I've talked to has. And, um, and wondering if you're going to kill this child because he's like this little baby, brand new, and you've got no idea what you're doing. You know, it's, um, it's crazy. It's pretty amazing that we don't, you know, that they survive. But um, it just shows you the amazing resilience and, and, um, and desire to survive that, that kids have. Yeah, but anyway, so um, I think for me, people just don't tell you how relentless it is. You've got a kid that just, he's yours, and he is with you 24 hours of the day. Like at least in a mental capacity, if not a physical capacity, that you're thinking about him. You know, I'm just thinking about what he's doing right now. It's like, what is it? It's like 2.30, he's just probably woken up from his nap, you know, and um, and he's been teething the last couple of nights, so I was, I'm thinking like, okay, why is he, wonder if, if, if Mandy's, if he's, if Mandy's been having a rough day because he's probably crying a lot or quite clingy, all that kind of stuff. So they are with you all the time. And I think that's the big thing that I wasn't quite prepared for is how relentless parenting is. And that's why, you know, stay-at-home mums or mums in general, I just have the utmost respect for. <laughs> Unbelievable, bro. Like, 
like we get to go out, you know, like I get to go, I go, I go to work and go to the office sometimes and have meetings and get out. And then I come home and, you know, man's just been chilling with Baz the whole day and playing games and the same game for half the day. And, you know, I just, I look at that and I, I don't know if I'm, I'm capable of that, but um, yeah, mums are just phenomenal, phenomenal people. Oh, that reminds me of um, my dad apparently used to, is a chef when he was younger by trade and it's a catering company. Instead of coming home, he'd work like three days straight at the at the cafe and the restaurant and everything, and sleep in the sh- on the flower sacks. Oh, oh the, the flower sacks in the in the back, and just he, I don't know whether he just really wanted to work too, but a bit of a balance of home life was as tough as that, if not worse. So yeah, yeah man, like. <laughs> it's all um, relative too. I remember when I was doing this half Ironman training. <laughs> um, my old babysitter, she had two boys and oh, she was just like the most energy out of anyone I knew. She's an amazing uh, person, Julia McNeil. And, um, and then she went for a girl and got two twin boys. Oh, right. And I, I went around there and I was doing this Ironman training. And I mean, it was tough, but then I, nothing crazy. But I went around, saw her, four boys under four, and within half an hour I was exhausted. Like anything was easier than that. Running a million miles and bare feet would have been, oh, it was just the most crazy, <laughs> it was like a theme well, park. We would, yeah, like, you know, like, you're totally right. And we were talking about, about it the other day. Mandy and I were saying, you know that feeling when you go and like hang out with someone else's kids and they're super tiring and they're like, an hour later, you're like, I'm going to give you back. <laughs> and you do, and it's great, and you give them back, and you go home. And I always had this thought that with your own kid, it would be different. But it's not. It's still just as tiring. And, and um, it is slightly different because you're invested in, in creating, like, a, you know, shaping their personality. But, um, but man, it's, it's, it is such a tiring experience. And that's why I say, it, you know, the mums, like, Mums are phenomenal beasts, man. Like, uh, firstly, to, like to give birth is one, like one side of the, you know, one one heck of an achievement. And then like, and then watching them parent is like so much love, kindness, compassion, patience. You know, I'm like, whew, it's been it's been hard. It's been a challenge. It's been the biggest challenge of my life for sure. Dear yeah, the mums, shout out to the mums. There's quite a few yoga teachers here who are mums in East yeah. West and. They they got so much compassion and drive and they and like I remember doing one class with Emily and she just repaired her core after having a baby and how strong she was yeah. and delivered such she was like a mum for the whole class as well. Wow. And I was like, You you guys are phenomenal to fit it all in and yeah. to do it with such passion and drive and yeah. and, and then uh, they're just uh, beautiful people for sure. Mm. Um and where I was going to, yeah, and the, the, I guess, how's it, how's it been with the relationship? When did you meet Mandy and how's that transformed then? Yeah, I think it's, it, you know, it brings up its challenges. I think you've got to be really intentional with the time that you want to spend together and the time that you make to spend together and also the time and the effort that you put into developing your marriage. Um, even though you, you might be slightly tired or it'd be easier just to go to bed, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like... I think it's really important to, to be super intentional with that because I can see how, how partners grow apart or how 
couples grow apart because it's um because it's pretty you know it's busy and um and you, you don't always feel like talking about things or whatever so i think my biggest thing is just you know being really intentional really intentional with the way that you go about with your relationship on a, on a daily basis um yeah but it, you know at the same time it brings you together um so much to celebrate together so much enjoyment to get out of it you know so yeah cool so how's it going tom just having a what's that i just having a chat yeah is it yeah is it all good He'll probably just be like, I don't know, when do you want to go? Like another 15? Yeah, or yeah cool. Um, yeah, so Tom manages, he's a guru. Oh, sweet, man. Cool. Is that your salad in the fridge too? Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, because that's one, like, kids' relationships, they're probably things that don't really tell you much about school as well, and you kind of have to go seek some of that stuff yourself or figure out what works and... Yeah. So how long have you and Mandy been together? Uh, like coming like together, um, coming up to well, almost been married five years. But I think you're right. Like we, you, you got to go seek it out. And um, if everyone is different, but we've got some great couples around us, some friends, and also some mentors that um, that we talk to, and that we, um, you know, we'll go seek counsel from and just get their advice on stuff. And I think that's, yeah. Um, but I think you know, once again, like you said, it's different for everyone, and. Um, and some people may find it really easy. Yeah, and I, I, I was talking to Jace, one of the organic mechanic guys the other night about how we lose the elders often. Mm. Um, and you know, being old is like a, almost a burden on society now. Yeah. And in villages, these were kind of the people that looked after the, yeah, yeah. you know, they were held in high respect, maybe still in the Maori cultures or the yeah. indigenous tribes and kind of lose that a little bit. Like I love to hang out with my parents and my parents' friends and, yeah, same. and get that yeah. yeah, and then you realize they're just normal people, and yeah, and um, but they've they may may have been through it before you, and yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, such a beautiful thing, and you've got were you guys kind of like love at first sight kind of thing? No, nah, not at all. Um, <laughs> I, I I thought she was really beautiful, but I thought she was way too cool for school, and she thought I was an arrogant prick. So um, <laughs> we didn't talk for like the first like four years of um of knowing who each other were. We'd see each other around a lot, but um, yeah, we were just like completely missed each other. And then right. I went to study acting in New York and, and the girl who was room sitting my room at my house, she was friends with Mandy, so Mandy um, came to visit her. And the night that I came back from New York, Mandy was around at our house. And um, you know, and I just been to New York with like renewed focus. I was like, I'm gonna come back and just gonna like, everything's gonna be like acting, gonna like just kind of completely focus and work really hard and you know, just take this to the next level and like no girls, nothing. And then like the night I come back, I meet Mandy and I'm completely like smitten and I'm just like in love. And so um, I took her out for coffee that week. And um, yeah, and then we, we literally hung out every day pretty much until we got married. Like wow. it was ridiculous. Like we got engaged six months later and married. Um, yeah, we got engaged after six months and married nine months after we got engaged. So what's that? Like fifteen months. Yeah. So um. So if you've uh, had a girl on your sights for the last kind of four years, there's still hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool, man. And you um. And was because the other thing is like you. Like Jay Zander, I've always been attracted to. You got, you've got so many similarities. Yeah. Um, 
couples really driven, successful on paper, but also as people, you guys carry great energy, and, and I'm just kind of attracted to that. And and then like you all happen to be have a faith in the church or in, in God, and um, and I feel like yeah, there's there's something there that you've got that that I kind of seek in Eastern things in the same kind of yeah, right. that is maybe I felt was missing before. Like yeah. how, how did you find yeah, so coming I, to the church or coming to a, a faith practice or... Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think, so I grew up in like a Christian home, um, but had quite a disconnected view of faith. And when I was at university, I just started asking questions for myself. What, like what this, this idea or ideology that I had what was real for uh, for me in that and what wasn't and i just went on a i guess as a, a time of, of asking questions and searching and um and for me you know the jesus story has been extremely powerful in my life and you know whether you believe um in him as as uh, and it, as as the son of God, or or just as a prophet, or just as a figure in history, ultimately his story and what he taught transcends, and um, the way that he taught love, and the way that he taught peace, and the way that he taught compassion and kindness and empathy, and caring for people is um, are, are great virtues. But for me, it's been on a much deeper level. I feel like being transformed. Um, by an experience of of getting to know him through his story and continue to be um, transformed by that um, and shaped in, in the way that I see myself and the value that I carry around myself, you know. Um, so, yeah, for me, but that was definitely a discovery uh, when I was like 18, 19, when I was at university of that because... Prior to that, it was very just a religious thing, like a, mm. a practice that I just did because I was expected to. But it became a living thing when I actually started questioning and doubting myself. And through that doubt, was able to find some, um, some certainty, you know what I mean? And, and also make, make friends with the mystery of it all. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's a living um, relationship that continues to shape, sharpen, and transform me um yeah yeah no that's i think yeah i felt like when i was younger it was just taught one way and it was if you didn't quite fit in at that church group or something and oh, i'd go see jay talk at um his church or if things didn't quite feel right i'm like there's something here I like I gravitate yeah. towards that and it is those stories and these people like Christ or the Buddha or Yogananda talked about how they were all they all tapped into that level and we kind of maybe fight over the details um, but their messages are all kind of the same yeah but I think it's it, 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 to know that not everything we see is what exists yeah I think it's just a, it's just a life changer to, to, and to know it's all the perfect plan and yeah, I don't know what gets people over the line with that, but I think you know. For me, I think that what you, you're making a point um, of the awareness of something greater than ourselves is a great awareness to start with, and to start asking questions from there. I think that's really important, you know, um, because I think it leads us to a place of discovery, 
of of seeing, for me, seeing um, God at work in the everyday, seeing seeing the miracle in my son every morning. You know, the moment that he was born, seeing that as like this miraculous thing because it, it for me it was it was an absolute like a beautiful miracle of life like seeing that every day seeing him at work every day only comes about after I've recognized that there is something greater at play like you say something that we can't see and so I think that's a great place to start is like okay is there something or isn't there something and if there is something what is that what is that for me you know um, I guess for me that the power that I found in the Jesus story was you know the fact that um, I believe him to be a, a living part of of my life, a collaborator with me in my life, um, and the way that I do things, and um, that he actually cares and wants to be part of that stuff, and that's kind of the powerful part of that message to me that I wasn't taught as a kid was that in many ways he is for me, he's not against me, he wants to see me. Um, go further do things succeed and um and he wants to be part of that story and for me having that kind of um idea of of my creator believing in, in me and the things i do is a really powerful um story to be carrying around with me you know what i mean um now many people won't believe that and many people are like yeah that's whack but i've i, I guess i've been transformed by that story um i'm continuing to be transformed by that story and for me, it's very real, you know, and um, yeah, and I think the big part is separating what, what, is, what is the church, like you're saying, you, we see and experience that stuff, and me as a kid as well, would, would experience something that I felt was gritty and tangible and, and um, you know, and, and real, but also it was layered and marred in this, in this kind of structure of, of the denomination of church that my parents went to that I didn't like. And what I've grown to realize is, well, that was added later. Like, that's not, that's not the core essence. That's their expression of the practice of, of worshiping God and, 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 and the way that they do it. And I slightly do it differently. But ultimately, for me, what it comes down to is, like, what does the Bible say about him? Um, how, what character does it inform me to, him to be? And, um, and, and kind of, you know, making my mind up based on that, you know, and finding an expression of that worship that, that um, connects with me, you know, because um, we're all different. Like you say, we are. We are all different beings. We're uh, like, you know, we're all shaped and wired slightly differently. And I think it's important to find the way that it connects for you. You know, um, yeah. Anyway. Oh no, it's, it's great, man. Thanks for just sharing that perspective, eh? Um, Full. Let's hear from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Might need to start wrapping it up anyway, but um, what's uh, any, like you said, you're big into reading. Is there any books? Obviously, the Bible's got to be one of them, but any others that you kind of. Yeah, yeah. So, currently reading a book called, um, uh, it's called The Icarus Deception by Seth Godin. That's a really good book. Well, he's uh, a guru. He's Seth, a guru. Yeah, yeah those guys are, <laughs> he's phenomenal. Um, and then um, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. I'd highly recommend that to anyone, um, actually to everyone. Um, <laughs> that, that's a really good book. Um, what else? Yeah, I've got a bunch of books that I'm, you know, flick, flicking to and fro. But those are definitely the ones that are on my shelf at the moment. Cool. Um, yeah. And what's your like going just back to the bigger purpose thing? Do you have a 
do you feel like you've got a bigger purpose? Yeah. Uh, or do you try and define that as something in particular, or you just know it's, it exists? Yeah, I, I think... Ultimately, I... I guess ultimately I want to inspire people to um, find and come into connection with their own humanity and love that and love others out of and through through that, right? So I guess you could say it's just to inspire people um, to just enjoy their lives and to get to know themselves better. Um, and also, yeah, and then, I don't know, like, and then just to be a redemptive force that brings life and love to whoever I come in contact with, you know? Um, yeah, I think that's probably it. Like, be a redemptive force to bring life and love, I don't know. Sounds very like I should be. It's weird. All the cliches are true, though, aren't they? Oh, Once you, so you realize um, they they can't get thrown around, and they you think they've lost their meaning, or they they just you know, but they're there for a reason, eh? It's yeah, and like, like what that looks like to everyone is different, but for yeah. me, you know, that on a daily basis is just connecting with people honestly, vulnerably, making my humanity visible to them and hopefully they'll do the same for me you know um and yeah just connecting out of that and yeah i don't know like (laughs) it's an interesting season of life where i'm pretty uh (laughs) introspective at the moment and um you know a lot of time to think um yeah especially at 3 a.m in the morning but um yeah i just feel like things have become with with my son and becoming a parent in many ways, things have become quite simple and, um, for me, and just the complexity or the stresses of every day have just been have changed form in many ways. So yeah, um, mm. the vulnerability thing is there any like big fear or in particular that, that you kind of got or or issue or pain? Yeah, I I think the one that I grew up with was getting approval or um even in the industry it's an industry catered towards you're constantly waiting for other people to say yes that was good okay cool you know like a director on the day yep that was good or a casting director yep i think you'll get the job or you know what i mean or or an agent like it's always about getting approval and and i think growing up i you know wrongly or rightly but like you 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 do well in a test and your parents are like, that's awesome, good work. You don't do well on a test. And they're like, mm, you know, or you get a report card that says that you talk too much and they're like, mm, you know, or whatever. And so I think, I think growing up, there was a sense of wanting to be approved by people or by authority figures or whatever. And, you know, no, now that I am an authority, my figure myself, as an I am a parent to a child who looks up to me, I'm realizing actually like that stuff I've got to mourn and and shake off and wash off and move on from because I am me and I think that's probably one of the big big developments of the last 18 months is just that experience of I am me and I'm really happy with me and I'm comfortable with growing and sharpening and improving myself at my own rate but just kind of like if, if it was all to end today I'm happy with the skin and bone and flesh that I've got right now and and who I am you know and and uh, warts and all and just kind of making peace with that and relaxing and finding comfort in that that's been that's been a massive learning curve you know uh-huh. and so yeah so I, I think just sitting in that resting in that um, and not and 
making making myself vulnerable um, in that respect and being courageous to to step out and not worry whether or not you'll find approval has been a, a great lesson and experience. Man, it's a wonderful message. It reminded me, Nick was showing me this clip last night. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but uh, this billionaire lady and, and her and her brothers and sisters, I think, is to come down for dinner each night and the dad would ask them what they failed at today. Mm. And if they had a good failure, he'd be like, nice work, yeah. you know, yeah. like celebrating totally. that they had messed up and that they're still trying and like pushing the boundaries. And oh, yeah, man, it's such I, a good, great message to have to be comfortable with all your flaws and idiosyncrasies. And mm. Yeah, because I think failure is something that scared me for a long time. And I started working with a sports psychologist a couple of years ago to just try and lift my mental game. And the big thing that we did together was um, he'd get me to fail at stuff on purpose in front of people, but not tell anyone, right? And so you're failing on purpose is kind of like this exposure therapy, but, or even just putting yourself in a position where you could fail. That's super interesting to not yeah. tell anyone as well. Not tell anyone, just wear it as a few, like just wear it. And like I used to pay for stuff with a debit, oh, sorry, like a FBOS card that had no money in it. Right, and get it to decline on me and just wear that for a second. Ah, oh, that's so, awesome. And just not, and not, and just sit in that discomfort of what do they think of me right now? You know what I mean? And just allow that to be there. And, and so, um, that's, and I still do that. I still do that on a regular basis. And it's, and it's just, it's been a great experience because I have somehow managed to like through that pry away from myself this desire to like be seen a certain way through their eyes you know oh that's awesome are there any other ones i love all that stuff there's one uh, asking for 50 cents off a coffee yeah which tim ferris talks about in the mr I think Freeman you told book. me about that one and yeah I, and i remember doing it and, like, <laughs> and she's like i just have the coffee i, I remember you telling me about it. She, um, just, she just gave it to you gave it to oh me. man the just, other day the other day i did one where this girl was um it was her birthday and and I and she was behind me, a friend of mine, and I was like, It's her birthday. Can you can should we have a coffee for free? And she was mortified, right? And it was just one of those moments where I was just like and I was kinda of mortified as well because she's a friend of mine and it's an awkward position. But I was like, actually yeah, that that kind of stuff. I just love Yeah. Um, yeah, doing it, you know, like being oh. being the guy that is willing to, yeah. It, like that's been a great learning curve for me and I just man the practice of just when you feel that fear that they may think X doing it whatever that is doing it right there right then going for it doing it you know um, yeah oh that's so wonderful man I might have to like maybe we'll wrap it up there because that's like that's totally yeah. what I'm about so and just thanks to you for popping down Edu when with you got your family your training your work your to fit it in and, and what you do, man. You're an inspirational dude, so much love to you. Thanks, and it's bro. been a pleasure to meet you and hear your story and to like hang out. So it's been good. Appreciate it, man. And um yeah, much love and success to you and the family. Look forward to hearing a bit. Well how far away is number two? Twenty weeks. Oh better get yeah. some I have to get you in a float tank and some sleep chambers and Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, we need to get that stuff. Look after you. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, we're good, we're good. Oh, exciting times. Cheers, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. If you want, you can marry.
really look at me I am old but I'm happy Ooh la la, well, wasn't that a treat? Uh, I really I just love the stuff about the fear, facing the fears and wearing it and not telling anyone. Um, I did this course with Wim Hof the other weekend and kind of went out in the comfort zone and gave him a gift and, and it's all about getting to the cold and just getting, not going out, going in and kind of knowing yourself and and not kind of skipping over the tough stuff which is jumping in the cold jumping in the deep end <laughs> acting like a fool sometimes and uh, so me and a few of the om guys have been really into that lately and it seems to be a bit of a theme of my life to keep kind of uh, keep that at top of mind to um to to really wear your heart on your sleeve and, and even to go beyond so i really appreciate you do's time and and check him out uh i'll put all the links for his social media and what have he's just um well, I can even check now on my phone as I as I do it. I've got that ability. Although my phone's just gone flat, but I'll put on the links for his social media on the the post. But he's easy to track down. Edo Drenic does some cool charity work too, and um, he's involved in lots of projects, and, and including this house building, which I like. He's willing to jump on the tools and get his hands dirty too. So much love to Edo and to you all. Any comments, reviews, as always, much appreciated. Um, got some cool guests coming up as always. And uh, we'll be doing some more stuff with the Wim Hof as well. So if you're interested in that, check it out. Just I'll be posting it on Instagram, Facebook, and letting people know. So hope to um, really kind of, it's just amazing. I'm going to do a podcast on it too, like talk about the depression, the cancer, the stuff that Wim's doing. Um, I might try and get him on the podcast as well, but just to share what he's, what I learned over the weekend and what's available with this method. I think it's, you know, Viagra, depression drugs, all this the stuff that we're just kind of not listening to our body and people just leeching money off our, our society to keep us addicted to these pills and it's um it's a sad kind of reality there's you know, it's so easy to just break free from that with this method and with with it's just a, it's an exercise of the breath and um, it's, it's really amazing what Wim's doing um and uh yeah i'll leave it i'll leave it at that Think less, experience more, breathe more, breathe like a. I'm not sure if we've sweared yet, but I swear now, breathe like a motherfucker. Get it, get the oxygen in, get in the cold, face the fear, and uh, we'll and we'll speak and breathe to you soon. And just a little FYI, that uh, sweater that I gave to Wim on a whim, he just posted on Instagram that he's wearing it, relishing living and experience the ferns and the nature of New Zealand. So you never know what happens when. Uh, you face the fear and do it anyway. Might need to get Joe Rogan on here and do a little fear factor podcast too. Hope you dug it. Speak and breathe together soon. Adios.